Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. 2 Samuel chapter 23, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but you can turn there. Uh, and while you're turning there, I want to just uh, thank Pastor Daniel Bracken uh, for allowing me the opportunity to minister the Word tonight. Please continue to uh, just pray for everyone that... Uh, has been affected by, uh, by various different things that need a, a recovery and health and the healing power of the Lord upon them. And uh, so we're just, we're glad to be here tonight. While you're turning, also let me mention, uh, as uh, director of King School of Ministry here, uh, that we are taking applications for uh, our January spring semester. Now, many of you have spoken to me or said something to me about the fact that you uh, feel like you're supposed to be part of King's School of Ministry. I would agree. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, thus saith uh, Minister Barry. I'll, I'll let the Lord be the one that tells you that he said that, but thus saith Minister Barry, you should be a part of King's School of Ministry. We're currently accepting applications for our January uh, start of our spring semester. Uh, if you need information about that, you can find that on both the app and on our webpage, KC Alaska. Dot com, uh, And my email here at the church is barryhaggerty at kcalaska.com. If you have specific questions, you can send me an email, and, uh, and I will do my best to get back with you rather quickly. Uh, but we'd love to have you join us uh, for King School of Ministry in our January spring semester. So uh, praise the Lord. All right, let's look at the word tonight. 2 Samuel chapter 23, reading from the New King James Version. Uh, beginning in verse 11, it says this, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he, being Shammah, stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Join me in prayer. Father, thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for your word, the power of your word, the ability of your word, Lord God, to change us. Thank you, Lord, that what, no matter what we may find ourselves facing and no matter what we might find ourselves in the middle of, we know that you are there with us. Bless every person tonight that's online or that will watch this later, Lord. Bless those in the parking lot tonight. Father, bless all of our extensions and people from other states across our nation that are joining in tonight, God. Let your spirit now meet them right where they are. And we thank you, God, for your presence in this room. In your great name, amen. Amen. Those of you that are standing, you can be seated. Uh, in our text tonight, we read that Shammah is seen standing in the middle of a field filled with lentils. Now, let's break this down just a, just a little bit tonight. Uh, who is Shammah? Well, the text tells us he was a Hararite. Now, literally, the word Hararite means mountaineer, more particularly an inhabit, inhabitant of the hill country of Judah. Uh, and Shammah was the son of Agi, and we don't know anything more about Agi. What we do know about from Scripture about Shammah was he was one of three of the best of David's mighty men. Now, who were they? Well, in a world of, of movies and television shows today about heroes and superheroes, can I tell you that David's mighty men, they were heroes, they were the stuff that legends were made of. Uh, check it out in 2 Samuel and in, the, in 1 Chronicles. Uh, check out the story of David and his mighty men, a group of 30-some men that gathered with David. David was a warrior king. 
God had used him, as you know the story, had used him mightily to to defeat Goliath, and David had a reputation. They sang songs about David that Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And, and these mighty men, many of whom were, were outcasts from their own society, banded together to support David and to, uh, and to fight with him and to be just a, a, a body of, of supporters for King David. And three of them are recognized as being the best of the best, and Shammah uh, was one of them. And that's where we meet, that's who we meet tonight. We meet Shama. And when we meet him in this passage, he's standing smack dab in the middle of a field of lentils. Now, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm holding up a bean. This is actually what many people consider to be the miraculous bean because it's a coffee bean. Uh, but but I, 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 I hear some testimony now. I hear some glory now. But can you imagine? Uh, something this size. Lentils are actually a little bit smaller uh, than this coffee bean I'm holding in my hand. Uh, and, and yet, Shama positioned himself in the middle of a field of beans. Now, as I said, lentil is a type of, uh, of bean, so he was in the middle of a bean field. But what was so special about this field of beans? I mean, they're just beans, right? Well, the people of God had labored for many months to plant their ground with these beans. Uh, ever heard of a community garden? Many communities uh, across our state have community gardens. A group of people get together and they've got a plot of land and they work the land and they, they, they uh, cultivate it and they pull out the rocks and the weeds and they set the rows and they plant the different vegetables and things that they want to grow and they watch over it and they water it and protect it from the birds and they put a lot of effort into it and everyone who participates in ensuring that the community garden is going to be successful then gets to reap the harvest when uh, the crops come in. Well, that's a similar situation to what's going on here. They had obviously sowed the seed uh, for the lentils to grow. They cultivated it. Uh, when, the, when the shoots begin to pop up out of the ground, they watered it. They carefully took care of it. It was months of backbreaking work. I remember growing up when my, my uh, mom and stepdad decided that of our six acres that we were building a house on, three acres were going to be the garden. And if you've ever worked three acres of rows of uh, corn and okra and green beans and purple hull peas and uh, cantaloupe and watermelon and peanuts and sweet potatoes and everything else, my job was before I ever went and did, growing up as a teenager, ever went and did anything involving high school or being involved in a youth group, I had to make sure that I at least did my rows. Uh, that might, might mean I had to get up early. Or it might mean I had to leave early to get home before the sun went down uh, in, the, in, our, in our place there in Tennessee uh, to make sure I got my stuff done. Because if I didn't, I didn't get to go to the next thing. And I grew up understanding what the, how much hard work it is to cultivate. But man, I fell in love with fresh vegetables. Uh, uh, I, I'm just thinking about it. It makes me hungry right now. Uh, and that's what happened here. The, it was months of backbreaking work. And now they were ready to gather the beans into the harvest. They went out on this particular morning, and lo and behold, when they were about to gather their harvest, the Philistines appeared in the distance. Now, who are the Philistines? You've probably heard of them. The Philistines were actually a, a coastal, sea coastal uh, people on the southern coast of Canaan, uh, and they were very vicious. They were, they were cruel. Uh, scripture almost always points them out as being those that oppressed and, and, and brought problems to God's people, and that's certainly the case here in this story. And, and they existed um, 
from about the 12th century B.C. until 604 B.C. when they were actually uh, taken over by uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire. They became part of the Babylonian Empire as Babylon swept through that region. Uh, they, were always, they always opposed and oppressed God's people. We know from Scripture that we read tonight that this was not just a couple of Philistines. It says this was a troop of Philistines that came against Shammah as he stood in this field. Uh, now these guys, as I said, they were bad dudes. These were the guys that nobody wanted to mess with. Um, they, they had, uh, their army consisted of chariots and horsemen and foot soldiers and very swift runners and accurate archers and heavy armor. And, and although we don't exactly know how, my, how many a troop was in this context, uh, most say that we do know it was a bunch of people, somewhere between probably 3,000 and 30,000. Uh, soldiers there that were coming to take what the Israelites, God's people, had worked so hard to cultivate and to grow and was their possession. And the enemy was coming to take it from them. And everybody ran except Shammah. Shammah was all alone, or so it appeared, in the middle of this bean field, ready to defend it. Now, this is a great story from Scripture. It's one of my favorite stories from Scripture, uh, from God's word about one man standing alone smack dab in the middle. See, I grew up in the South. There's being in the middle of something, and there's being, then there's being smack dab in the middle of it. There, smack dab in the middle of it is you are in the middle of it, and unless something really special happens, you're not going to get out. You know, Southern people have a lot of funny expressions. Uh, if you've ever heard people from the South uh, talk about somebody and say, oh, bless their heart, what they're really saying is they're not real smart. You know, did you hear about Bubba? Yeah, he ran his truck off the road the other day. Bless his heart. What they're really saying is Bubba's an idiot. But anyway, um, you've got southern expressions, and smack dab, right smack dab in the middle of it is one of them. And, and the story from Scripture about one man standing alone, smack dab in the middle, it has a great ending, and we'll get back to that in just a few minutes. But I want to trap rabbit trail for just a minute here. Shama was smack dab in the middle of something. He was in the middle of a mess. What a desperate situation he was in, trying to defend this bean field seemingly all by himself. How many times have you and I found ourselves in the middle of something, smack dab in the middle of what, by all appearances, is a mess? The middle of a financial crisis, the middle of a health crisis, the middle of a job crisis, the middle of a family crisis, or a church crisis, praise God, not here, uh, or the middle of a personal crisis. In other words, how many times have you and I found ourselves in the middle of a mess with nowhere to go, feeling all abandoned? Well, I got some good news for you tonight. Those of you that have tuned in tonight, I've got some really good news for you. I have always found that the Lord is always in the middle of whatever mess I might find myself in, ready to help me defeat the enemy that is coming against me. Can somebody say amen tonight where you are? Just like with Shama, the Lord is in the middle of every battle we face. He is there to help bring about a great victory for you and I. You might be in the biggest storm of your life right now, but I'm here to tell you that the Lord is right there in the middle of it with you. Look at Mark chapter 6, verses 47 and 48. It says, Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he, Jesus, was alone on the land. Then he, Jesus, saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Some of you right now are feeling like the wind is against you. Some of you right now are feeling like the wind is blowing against you. Well, the disciples certainly knew that in this instance here. 
Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, can I tell you, the disciples found themselves in the middle of a big storm. They found themselves smack dab in the middle of a big mess. And right smack dab in the middle of that big mess comes Jesus walking right into the midst of that storm. And that's a promise for you and I tonight. That's a promise for somebody tonight. You need to hear this word of the Lord tonight. That in the middle of the storm that you're in, God is right there with you. Jesus is right there with you. Let me give you another example from scripture. Daniel chapter 3, verses 23 through 25. We see the Lord in the midst of our fiery furnaces. Here's what it says in Daniel 3. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst, smack dab in the middle, of the burning fiery furnace. Then, Keb, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Didn't we cast three men bound into the middle of this fire? And they answered and said to him, uh, to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking about in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Understand that in the middle of the fiery furnace, we're promised from God's word that if we walk through the fire, the fire, we will not get burned. Though we walk through the flood, it will not overtake us. It doesn't matter what storm you're facing. They're all important because if you're in it and you're important to God, then it's important. But never lose heart. Never lose hope. In the midst, smack dab, in the middle of your circumstance and the mess that you're in, Jesus is right there with you. Amen? No matter what you and I are going through, when God is in the middle of it, he will protect you and I. One more passage on this rabbit trail. Daniel chapter 6, verses 19 through 22. Then the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste uh, to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel smack dab in the middle of this den. Now I put that part in. But God sent my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I, have found, I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. When you and I are right smack dab in the middle of the biggest battle of our life, there is a God who can shut the mouth of any lion. Hallelujah. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober and be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. My translation of that is where it says be sober and be vigilant. My translation in my southern translation is don't be stupid. Don't be an idiot. Be aware that you've got a lion out there trying to take you out. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But he promised that he has come that we may have life and life more abundantly. So that means in the middle of smack dab in the middle of trials and testings and storms and lion's dens and fiery furnaces and things that we don't understand and we certainly didn't ask for, that we have a God. We have a Savior. We have an elder brother. We have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that's right smack dab in the middle of it with us. Hey, man. Hey, man. I got news for you tonight. My God showed up in the middle of the lion's den and he shut the mouths of the lions. They were roaring, but when my God, when your God shuts up the lion, he not only shuts him up, but he shuts him down. Hallelujah. 
You might be in the middle of a crisis, but Christ is bigger, church. Be encouraged tonight. You might be in the middle of a fiery furnace, heated seven times hotter than ever before, but God is right there in the middle of it with you. He is in the middle of your struggle. He is in the middle of your situation. He is in the middle of your storm. When God is in the middle with you, he will protect you and I from all that the enemy will throw against us. That's his promise. We need to hold on to that promise. We need to declare that promise. We need to walk in faith uh, according to those promises. We're not denying that the lions are there. We're not denying that the storm is there. We're not denying that the fiery furnace is hot and in the natural it's going to take us out. We're not denying that. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we can look at the enemy and say, you know, our God is well able, but even if he doesn't, I'm not turning my back on him. He's done too much for me and he's brought me this far and I know he's going to take me all the way to where he has what he has for me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, most of you are noticing that I'm standing in one spot. Can I tell you it's a little difficult for me to do that? But I didn't want to give our camera crew, uh, uh, you know, whiplash going back and forth. And I'm trying to do better uh, in making myself be presentable that I'm not distracting because I can't talk without waving my hands. If you were to tie my hands, my mouth would stop working. But anyway, let's get back to our story in 2 Samuel chapter 23 uh, tonight as we see the rest of what's going on. So let's recap. Shama, mighty man of David. Can I tell you, church, you and I are declared mighty by God and Paul tells you and I to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Ephesians chapter 6. So we've got Shama, the mighty man of David. We've got the field of beans. Let me ask you a question tonight. What is it that's yours, your possession, something God has promised to you that the enemy has set his sights on, that the enemy wants to try and take from you? What's your field of beans tonight? Can I tell you, just like Shaman, get a backbone anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit and be willing to position yourself right in the middle of what God has given you and look the enemy square in the face and say, not one more bean. You're not getting one more bean. This is what God's promised to me. This is what God's given me. This is my inheritance. This is my promise. And I'm declaring to you, enemy, that it doesn't matter if I'm standing here by myself. You're not getting one more bean of what God has promised me. Hallelujah. So not only is Shama in the field of beans, but he positioned himself. Shama didn't shy away from putting himself in the middle of the struggle. He positioned himself in the middle of the field. Why? Number one, because he knew who he was. He knew who he was. Do you know who you are in God? Are you sure of your identity and position in Jesus? When we are sure, we may not go looking for a fight, but we sure won't back down from one. He was, he was, after all, one of the three of David's mighty men. And as I said, God tells you and I to stand in the power, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. It makes you and I mighty. God in us, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The enemy should fear us. I love what John Eldridge said in his book, Wild at Heart. He said, I think it's time rather than the church and the people of God try to figure out what to do about the world. I'm about to preach now. What to do about the world. It's time that the world needs to figure out what to do about us. Because we carry the truth. We carry the truth of the gospel message. We carry the power of God. Uh, we're not ashamed of the gospel of, and the power of the cross. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. So not only did he position himself because he knew who he was, but number two, he knew who had his back. Now some of you might be like, well, now hang on. 
Wait a second, the text says that he positioned himself by himself, that there wasn't anybody else there that had his back. Doesn't sound like anybody was with him. Not anybody that the enemy could see. See, I believe that Shama knew that if, and I put it in my notes, capital IF, if he got defeated, there were at least 29 other mighty men and a king that would make the enemy pay for coming in and defeating and taking Shama out. So the question is, who has your back? I'm telling you that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he has your back tonight. Even if it looks like you're all alone, even if the circumstances would say to those around you that are watching that you're all alone, that you're facing this battle, you're in this fight, you're in the middle of this storm all by yourself. Can I tell you there is an unseen force his name is Jesus, and he's got our back, and the enemy knows it. And when we stand in the authority of Jesus, when we position ourselves because we know who we are and we know who he is and we know who we are in him and we know that he's got our back, then we are not alone. We are not alone. Come on. Where are you positioned tonight in the mess that rages around you? Are you smack dab in the middle of that mess? Let me challenge you to make sure that you, are, that you are positioned smack dab in the middle of God. Smack dab in the middle of God's word. Smack dab in the middle of his presence that you are surrounded by him. We sing that song, this is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Whatever you're, whatever you're facing tonight, whatever you're dealing with tonight, whatever seems to be looming on the horizon, can I challenge you tonight, position yourself smack dab in the middle of God and all that he's doing in his word, in prayer, in worship. Come on, somebody. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go back to our text. And it closes by saying, and the Lord brought about a great victory. I'm going to be closing my message here in just a moment. Minister Mike, if you want to come back to the guitar, that would be great. And the Lord brought about a great victory. I love the passage in, in 2 Chronicles where it talks about Jehoshaphat, where God told him, look, you just stand still and watch what I do. You send the worshipers out in front of the army. I think on that day, not too many of the uh, people that were worshipers were really glad that they had signed up for that ministry team because they were going out to face uh, five nations, five armies, and the word of the Lord came to Jehoshaphat through the word of prophecy. Set the worshipers, set the dancers, set the singers, those that play instruments and sing and worship. Set your worship team out in front. Send them out to the battle first and watch what I do. Watch the victory that I give. It's still true for you and I today. The Lord wants to bring about a great victory. He'll bring it about in his time. He'll bring it about in his way. He's He's very seldom, in fact, I don't know that he's ever been early, but I know he's never been late. He's always been right on time. And there's always things that we can learn and understand. And one of the greatest things I want you to understand and learn tonight is, man, position yourself in, in the smack dab in the middle of God and then take possession and take hold of what God has promised you. And put your shoulders back. Have, let the Holy Spirit anoint you and look at the enemy and tell him not one more beam. Not one more bean. Say that where you are right now. Devil, not one more bean. I want to use one more illustration from the book of Acts chapter 16 tonight before we close. I really appreciate you being online with us tonight. 
really appreciate you being in prayer for for your brothers and sisters and and all of us. Uh, we, we just are so thankful for all that God is continuing to do. But let's look at Acts chapter 16, verses 23 through 26. It says, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Now what's midnight? Smack dab right in the middle of the 24 hours. It's considered the darkest time of the day. Smack dab right in the middle of the 24 hours. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Man, their circumstances look bad. They weren't just in jail, they were thrown under the jail. They were in stocks, meaning their hands and their feet were bound. Uh, and if you know anything about stocks, if it was the same as it was, if you've seen maybe in a movie or on in books, you know, they closed, it had holes that you stuck your hands through and your feet through and they closed the wood over it and, and they, they, they bolted it or, or locked it and you were stuck there. Man, they were smack dab stuck in the middle of a really bad situation. But right in the midst of it, they positioned themselves smack dab in the middle of God and God's presence. They were praying and they were singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Why is it so important that you and I learn to stand and tell the devil not one more bean? Because you're telling the devil, you're telling the enemy, you're not getting one more of my family. You're not getting one more of my coworkers. You're not getting one more of my church members. You're not getting one more of my community. Because when we position ourselves, we the redeemed of the Lord, hallelujah, when we position ourselves smack dab in the middle of what God's doing, in the middle of his presence, in the middle of his word, in the middle of prayer, when we do that, we are loosening the chains of bondage that are keeping others bound as well as loosening them for ourselves. God will step in. In the middle of that prison, in the middle of the night, when all was dark and Paul and Silas were feeling all alone, God showed up, hallelujah, and loosed them from their bonds and from that prison. I'm here to tell you tonight, church, no matter what you're going through or may go through in the future, always, always remember that the Lord is there with you in the middle of whatever it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get something tonight? Are you encouraged tonight? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you tonight? I believe he is. I feel his presence tonight, uh, even here on this stream. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just take just a moment. Let's just worship him for just a moment before we close. Oh, bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that you promised. Oh, that you're with us to the very end of the age. Bless your people tonight, Lord. If you're here tonight within the sound of my voice in the parking lot, on Facebook Live, Live or YouTube, if you're watching tonight by stream or you're listening to this later by podcast, maybe you feel like you're facing a, a huge storm that's raging around you. Maybe you feel like you're all alone. Maybe you feel like the storm is there because of choices that you made, that you wished you wouldn't have made those choices. You've made some decisions. You've done some things that have ended you up in places you never thought you would be. Can I tell you tonight that the plan of the enemy and the sin that he so, that the, Paul calls them weights that so easily beset us and the sin that is pleasurable for a season, can I tell you tonight, it'll take you places you never thought you'd ever go. 
It'll cause you to do things you never thought you'd ever do. And it'll cause you to end up in a condition that you never thought you'd ever end up. But there is an answer. His name is Jesus. There is a way out of that. There is a way out of feeling alone. There is a way out of that storm. There is a way out of that situation. And that's to repent. That's to just come before him right now because you feel him tugging on your heart. You feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you and drawing you right now by the words that I've shared under the anointing of the Holy Spirit tonight. And he's speaking to you and he's saying to you, repent, turn from your sin. Don't sin anymore. Ask for my forgiveness. Allow me to forgive you. Bring your repentance before me and I'll apply my forgiveness to you and you'll be washed clean and you'll be set free. If that's you tonight, I'm going to pray a prayer right where you are. No matter how you're listening to this sermon, this message tonight, right where you are, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And believe in your heart, because the Bible says <laughs> that with our mouth we confess and then with our heart we believe unto salvation. So do that with me tonight. Repeat this after me. Father God, thank you so much for loving me enough to offer me forgiveness for my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, for the sins that I've committed. And Lord, I need your help. Save me. Save me tonight. Set me free from sin and the bondage of sin. I give my life to you. I accept what you've done for me. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I commit to live my life every day, smack dab in the middle of you. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Come on, right where you are, just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those that have given their lives to Jesus tonight. being here with us. We'll meet again on Friday. Don't forget Pastor Daniel's Daily ETS, Eat the Scroll, 1230. Don't forget early morning prayer. We're streaming our early morning prayer all the rest of this week. Powerful time this morning. Uh, and so join us for each one of those. Join us online. Join us on 1610 in the parking lot on Friday if you, if you want to come and just be on the church property. Uh, but God bless you tonight. Let me pray for you. A, pray, a prayer of blessing over you before we're, we, we sign off tonight. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, I pray your word has impacted them, God. I pray your word has changed them tonight, Lord. Thank you, God, for giving me the privilege to share and minister this word. Lord, I pray tonight for your people, God, that you would lift up your countenance towards them, God. You would make your face to shine upon them, Lord. You would deal graciously with us tonight, Lord God, and you would give us peace. And we give you praise in your great name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.